Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church that's in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you'll be able to hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. Now, for a message from our special guest, Pastor Rick Ross. All right. Well, good morning. How you doing? Good to see you. Sizzling summer. The series continues. Somebody told me before first service, they said, Pastor, the weather is following your preaching. It's sizzling summer out there. <laughs> Amen. So some of you aren't as sure that my preaching is sizzling, but that's fine. I'll get over it later. We have a great counseling ministry at this church. Great to see you guys here today. And uh, anyway, I was working on our fall series, preaching through the book of Acts this fall. I'm so looking forward to that and going to talk about the church. And uh, that's you and I and um, looking forward to that. So you don't want to miss it. Just want to say thanks to those watching, worshiping online. Thanks for worshiping with us. And uh, we welcome you as well. My name is Derek. I'm the lead pastor here at Celebration. And uh, this summer, Partially me, half the time me, and then some of our staff and some guests uh, kind of got this idea when I found out my dad would be in town. And whenever my dad is in town, I always like him to share and preach at our church. And um, it had been a little bit. The last time he was here, I was in Mexico. I got COVID. And uh, well, more technically, my wife got COVID and I got stuck there with her. And uh, they said I tested positive as well. I'm not sure, but I was feeling fine. And uh, he had to cancel his schedule and preach two weeks for us. And he's been a great blessing to our church, but it's uh, glad that he's here this week. But I also want to make mention, uh, introduce another guest that's with us here from the Ivory Coast. Uh, Some is a God pastor. Pastor Ekra and his wife are here. They lead missions and outreach. They oversee 20 churches in the southeastern part of Ivory Coast. They're here meeting with other ministries, and they've been speaking the last couple nights at our Celebration Francophone ministry, and they'll be preaching and ministering again this afternoon. But they're here with us in this second service, and I would like to welcome, and let's make welcome, Pastor Ekra and his wife right over here from Ivory Coast. We bless you guys. Amen. They've been having powerful meetings there with Pastor Judith and Max at Celebration Francophone, and uh, God's doing great things, and we're continuing to ask the Lord to help us. Uh, continue to reach people. Every, we believe everybody needs a healthy church. And uh, that in, we believe healthy churches have healthy pastors. And uh, so be in prayer with us. I was talking with Pastor Ekra. I met with him for a while on Wednesday night. And uh, they oversee, like I said, 20 churches, but they only have eight pastors. We got more than that just for one church. Praise the Lord. But uh, so we're just praying that God would raise up men and women, that we could train leaders. That's why we're so committed to building Bible schools and training centers around the world. And uh, so we're praying that more people would uh, say yes to the call of God in their life and uh, that we would then go plant more churches. Amen. Because I told him, I said, Pastor Ecker, what if we could get you 12 more pastors? He said, I'll start 12 more churches. <laughs> Amen. So we love them and we bless them today and we thank them for the great thing. One of my commitments. Uh, or desires is that uh, we would continue to receive from the Lord some of our Assemblies of God brothers and sisters from around the world, that God is using them in mighty ways in their countries and their context. And I've been praying that we as a fellowship uh, would receive so much from them. And so thanks for being here this week, Pastor Ekra and your wife. And uh, it's wonderful. Well, last week I preached a message called Swipe Righteous. And I would like to congratulate myself for preaching 42 points in that sermon. And I didn't get in trouble by my wife on even one of them. Amen. That is, the Lord is doing great things. We got home and I wasn't in trouble 
at all. Amen. And it sounds like some people are putting that message into practice, and we look forward to all of those good reports. Well, um, the Bible says it this way in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7, we're instructed, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. I was thinking back about the number of messages that my dad has preached, not only to us here at Celebration, but that I've had the privilege of uh, being listening and being part of. I almost said that accidentally, but that's actually true. I've been part of a lot of those sermons as well, for the good or the bad. And uh, he's spoken the word of God to us. It says, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And uh, I'm so grateful that my parents have led lives that are worthy of imitating. I'm so grateful that my parents have lived lives of faith that's worth following. And um, that's been recognized not only in my life as my dad, my pastor, but also they're leaders of leaders in our nation. Uh, they serve as district superintendent for the state of North Carolina, overseeing almost 300 churches and leaders. My mom giving great leadership to all the women in ministry and spouses of uh, female spouses of uh, male ministers as well, and uh, leading so faithfully. But they've also been recognized as leaders in our national Assemblies of God Fellowship. They serve as leaders for the southeastern United States, over 1,500 churches, Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida. And they're actually here for the next couple days leading pastors and leaders from the Midwest. They'll be in downtown Minneapolis tomorrow and Tuesday. And uh, leaders coming in from North and South Dakota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota. And our general superintendent, Doug Clay, will be joining as well. But those they'll be leading those pastors, those leaders for the next couple of days. And it's such a joy to have my parents and especially then my dad who's going to preach today. Would you welcome my dad, my pastor, Dr. Rick Ross here this morning. great day to be alive, isn't it? We live in a day that um, confusion reigns. I love that opening chorus, an unstoppable God. And we really do believe that we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. That he wants to bless us, press down, shaken together and, or another way of saying it is more than enough. More than enough always means enough to bless one another. And I believe that's what Celebration Church is all about. It's a joy to be here, not just because of Derek and Dana and the kids, but because I enjoy being with you. I enjoy being in a group of people who really do want to make a difference. And today I believe that God gave me this word. And as we listen to the courses and it all ties together, I, I think you're going to understand that this is way more than Rick Ross being here. It really is God is here and he has something very powerful for us. Today I want to talk to you about not an unstoppable God. I trust him. I want to talk to you about an unstoppable church, that God would be able to help find those. The Bible says that he looked for a man, a person, a man or a woman to stand in the gap, but he found none. I believe he's still looking for churches today who will stand in the gap for America, for this world, and begin to present a gospel that's powerful and life-changing. Few of you will remember this. It was just over seven years ago. Celebration Church had already decided to bring Derek and Dana on. They were on staff with us, had been for years, and we had partnered together. And uh, so Susan and I knew that they were leaving, but we hadn't announced it because at the very same time, our daughter was getting married. And, you know, you don't want to have Derek's leaving all that issue with, with Christmas. So we kept it quiet, but we knew about it, and it was a very emotional time. Derek and Dana, that's okay. You know, I really didn't mind that Derek and Dana were coming. 
I just didn't dawn on me they were taking the grandkids. So <laughs> anyway, so, so we, we, we have this understanding and now Chris is getting married and it was an emotional time, but I thought I was doing pretty good until Susan announced that she wants to have all the, the family and friends who were coming from out of town and out of, uh, out of the state and she wanted them all over the house. And I knew what that meant, right guys? The house has to be cleaned. I hate, cl- I love my wife, I hate cleaning. And every man said, so I did the, the best thing a man could do. Honey, I love you. I'm going to bring in a house cleaner. So, so, so we brought in these house cleaners, and, and they went top to bottom. They did an amazing job. And, and I was thankful. She thanked me. And we went to bed, and I woke up early, as is my custom, as I woke up 4.11 this morning praying about this time together. And, and it was dark, and I didn't want to wake her up. So I reached for my, my, my thigh. I have a little bit of a thyroid. I don't need a lot, but I need a little medicine. It, it gets the thigh. It's a pick-me-up for my thyroid. And I went to reach for where it had been all the all these months and didn't realize that, that the day before the cleaners had put it away. So I reached up in my cabinet, it's dark, and I felt around and I found the bottle that felt right. I opened it up and I felt the pill that felt right and I, I took that pill and I put it back where it was. Didn't think about it all for 11 days. Say 11. After the wedding, a couple of days later, I had been acting pretty strange, they say. I don't remember it at all. And, and Susan said, we need to get away. I'm going to check this thing out. And so she said, let's pack up. And, 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 and she said, obviously, you're, something's wrong, so make sure you bring your Ambien doctor prescribed Ambien to help us get you back on your right sleeping. I said, okay. So I reached up in my cabinet to pack it, and I reached for the Ambien, and here's what I found out. You got that picture, guys? I had been taking Ambien instead of my Synthroid for two weeks. My nurse told me that she doesn't know anyone who could live and maintain life. And Susan said he wasn't maintaining very well. And for two weeks, I lived on drugs that I didn't, that didn't mean to. And I had been lulled to sleep through a misapplication of medicine. Is it possible that the church universal today has been lulled to sleep by Satan's antics. And it's time for the church to wake up and begin to realize we've been called to make a difference. That's what Pastor Dan was talking about. We must be different. And there needs to be an understanding and a call upon us. We need a seismic shift of culture, change in the way we see and approach our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need something that's going to help the church go to war against the gates of hell. We believe no one can stop what God wants to do. His hands are never tied, but he needs the church to partner with him. He needs us to say yes to everything he said. Is it time? It is. For Celebration Church to continue to lead, to help wake up the church. Listen, I'm not worried at all about the sinners. Let me give you a great theological statement. I've got an earned doctorate in this. Sinners sin. It's not surprising. It's what they do. It's the very definition of who they are. They don't, they don't know the right way. They, but the church is supposed to be the salt and light of what God has. Father, help us today. Help us as we move forward into this time of hearing your word, replying it to our lives, and being changed into a mighty force, the army of God who understands who we're fighting 
and why. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Our text today is Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to divide it up for each point. But I want you to know there's four truths that I see in this, in this passage of Matthew 16. First of all, the, there in your notes, the unstoppable church declares who the real, say real, real. Jesus is. Verses 13 to 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, can you picture this now? They're sitting there. They, they do this on a regular basis. And, and he does this little question and answer. Who do people say the son of man is? I'm sure they thought a little bit. They may have whispered to one another. And finally, they began to reply. Some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. Still others say you're Jeremiah. And others don't even know who you are, but they know you're one of the prophets. And then comes this great transition. I'm not so concerned about what they say. He says, but who do you say I am? So that's the question for today. Who do you say? Who do I say? Who is Celebration Church saying, believing, proclaiming that Jesus Christ is? Peter, who is not known for his intellectual proudness or his appropriate statements, speaks up and says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Everyone has an opinion of who Jesus is or who they think he is. But the church's responsibility is to proclaim who Jesus really is. More than a prophet, more than a teacher, more than a good man. He is the Messiah, the son of the living God. So the question comes for us today, who is your Jesus? Let me share with you some of our friends around Minneapolis, this nation, and the world, just a few of them, who they say Jesus is. Our Muslim friends say Jesus was a messenger from Allah, no different from Muhammad or other messengers or angels. Nice, but not accurate. Buddhists say that Jesus is an enlightened teacher to an oppressed culture, sounds appropriate, a spiritually mature, good-hearted person that one could emulate. Falls short, doesn't it, of what the Bible says? Mormons say that Jesus is a son of God, a creation form, listen to this, from the relation between a God and his goddess wife who were people in another world at another time. Jehovah Witness, our friends, say Jesus is Michael the archangel, the highest created being, but not deity. See, I, I did a class, and it really boils down to this. If you want to know whether any group out there, uh, what we would call a religious group, is, is true or not, find out who their Jesus is. They can say a lot of things, but when you find out who their Jesus is, you know whether it's biblically correct or not. Jesus is the almighty son of God. Peter says it like this. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. I began to analyze this. Okay, what is he saying? Messiah speaks to the position, king. Son of living God speaks to the nature of his rule. He is the all-powerful anointed king that reigns over all kings. Well, there's a biblical phrase that we love. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who Jesus is. Let's put it in today's context. He's the president over all presidents. He's the leader of all world leaders. Some of you aren't really, really into this thing yet. 
the name of Jesus. That Paul says in Philippians that one day every knee will bow. Every tongue confess. We're not there yet. And we can't make anyone do that. Nor does he want us to make them do that. But one day, everyone will say who Jesus really is. But what about now? What do we do between now and then? How do we begin? You see, a church that becomes fixated with other conversations. I, lo I love and hate social media. The two-edged sword, right? On one hand, I get to follow all of my friends. Some of you, I, I, Jeff, I, I follow you, so I get to see it. I, I see where you're going. I love it. I get to see my grandkids. I, so many, many, many things I love about social media. But what I hate about social media is that it has become so divisive. Not only can we not just say something innocently without somebody taking objection to it, most people aren't trying to say things innocently. They're trying to stir up trouble. What if, the, well, no revival hits America when every Christian gets their social media back to where it's supposed to be. Well, I'm just telling you, the world wants to see someone different. That, a church defined by any other message that Jesus Christ is nothing more than a social club with a cross on its roof. We must help feed the poor. I'm into it. I've done it all my we must, But that's the tip of the spear to enable us to come to them and tell you, Jesus loves you. That's why we live. That's why we move. That's in our breathing that proclaim the love of Jesus. The unstoppable church has to get rid of all the other sidetrack conversations and learn how to bring people back to Jesus. Secondly, the unstoppable church trusts the revelation of the Spirit. So Jesus, he knew it's coming, but let's just stay in his Jesus' manness, fully man. Here's Peter say this amazing statement. It's like, wow, Peter, you finally got something right. And then he says, notice this, I, I'm gonna read it so I don't misquote it. Then he says in verse 17. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, but flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. It wasn't your intellect. It wasn't your great mind. It was my Father who is in heaven. That he said, the statement you just made, which is earth-shattering, it's church life-changing, doesn't come from human knowledge. It comes from a revelation of the Father. We are spirit-filled and spirit-led. We are a church that believes that there is an influencing power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maddie's 13. They were still with us there in Concord, and they lived two miles door-to-door, -door and often, one, one way or the other, we would spend time together. And I remember one time going over to Derek and Dana's house and the kids were there and Maddie was a little, well, it wasn't all of them, they weren't all there. Maddie was a little strapper and, and um, Derek says, Maddie, tell Poppy and Gigi, Gigi what happened today. What did you do today in church? And Maddie got all big and she stood up and she said, I asked Jesus into my heart. What an amazing, amazing moment. I said, 
where does Jesus live? And there's only a little girl down there in my heart. (laughs) And I laughed just like you did. Now the theologian in me wanted to correct her and the children's pastor, Ryan, because Jesus doesn't live in our heart. We all know that, right? The Bible says that when Jesus died and was crucified, when the, he rose and the God seated him at the right hand of the Father. He's seated right next to God the Father, interceding for you and me, and that he sent the person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to come down and live. And it's the Holy Spirit that lives in us, dwells within us, that empowers us and enables us to do what we're talking about today. I'm thankful for the work of Jesus. I love to speak the name of Jesus. We'll get to that in just But friends, don't misunderstand the power of the person of the Holy Spirit. Revelation. <laughs> it all comes when we learn to listen to the voice of God. John 10, 27 says it like this. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. In other words, a true shepherd speaks to the sheep enough to where they begin to understand and recognize his voice over other voices. Not going to get into it in the, in the joint and how every shepherd had their sheep and they would come together and they the whole herding. It was a powerful, powerful, powerful family grouping. But when it was time to move, the shepherd would begin to talk and his sheep followed him because they knew his voice. I grew up in a little town in northern Ohio, and it was in the good old days. Um, And it was when we were able to come home from school and change our clothes, and then we went out to play, and no parent worried about where their kid was. Every neighbor knew us, and we were everywhere at all times. We were all over the place, and and we would get going on, and every once in a while, you heard this voice, Charlie, come home. Never, I never listened one time. But when I heard that voice, Ricky, you better get home, I went running, because I knew the voice of my mother. Because if I waited too long, it wasn't just Ricky come home. Yeah, I really am a Ricky. It's on my birth certificate. It wasn't just Ricky come home. It was Ricky Ross, the original. And, and, and I moved at the voice of my mother because I knew her voice. When was the last time you heard his voice? You say, well, pastor, I, I, I don't hear his voice. The Bible says that he speaks through his word. So the, you want to get to recognize his voice, you begin to read his word. You have devotions. Susan and I still to this day, we've talked to you about this over all the years we've come here. Every morning, every morning, water in the word before coffee in the newspaper. Drinking a cup of water and then reading a portion of God's word is the beginning of our day. Why? Because I want to know as my day goes on, what voice is speaking is it just a random voice or is it his voice Uh, nation of israel were struggling in back in the wilderness and and they came to a point and they just said oh we're just tired moses we don't know what to do have god speak to us and god said let me make it easy for you i'm going to give you two pillars a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and you only have 
two responsibilities. Number one, if the, if the pillar moves and if the pillar stops, would that be awesome today? Trick question, trick question. We have something better than two pillars. The Bible says we have the Holy Spirit speaking. And what he, the Bible refers to as a calm, still voice. I'm not going to go there. It's not in my notes. It just popped in my head. And so you know, and the prophet was going and the whirlwind, the storm, everything came. And, and God said, I'm not always in the big and loud, but it's in the whisper. You know what I've learned? I can only hear my wife when she whispers if I'm away from all the other voices that are screaming. Everyone's screaming today. Everybody wants our attention. And unless we make time, unless we purpose in our hearts to find that time to spend with him, to hear his voice. My sheep know my voice. And they follow me. I love GPS. It doesn't really work in my life, but I love it. I'm, I, I am randomly on phone with somebody and, I, oh, man, I just, I got talking to you and I missed my turn. I mean, it happens. They all laugh at me. And, but there are a few times when I'm driving and I'm paying attention to the GPS and it says, turn at the next light. And I hear this voice. Don't turn there. Go straight. Susan's speaking. <laughs> and even though GPS says turn, I trust. <laughs> even if she's wrong, I'm going to listen to her voice. <laughs> it's just lessons we learn, man. That may have been point forty-three, Derek, for us. Uh, this whole idea of. The voice speaking. Do you know his voice? Are you listening to him? Are you ready to say, yes, Lord, I will do what it is? This whole idea is that we begin to have a heart for God. The Bible says it like this. A man, a person, I wrote it down. As a person thinks in their heart, so are they. Here's what it means. If I think about something long enough, I will begin to believe it in my spirit. And if I believe it in my spirit, I will soon act on it. Who are you listening to? What are you believing today? They don't get it. But we can. We must hear the voice of the Father through the word, through your shepherds. Number, i got to move on. Number three. The unstoppable church moves in attack mode. <laughs> this is my favorite point. If you, if you want to know me, well, the Bible says it like this. If you want to know the son, if you want to know the father, know the son. If you want to know me, it's just no Derek. <laughs> He's the new improved and a little bit more extreme than I am. But he is that, that whole, uh, that, uh, that idea. So, so this is, this is just our, it's our lifestyle. We don't want to sit back and wait. We want to take charge. We want to move forward. We, we want to storm the gates of hell with the water. We, we, we want to move. We want to have this understanding. And here's what the Bible says in Matthew 16, verse 18. And I say also to you, say also, after everything I said, I want you to catch this. Don't stop there knowing who I am. That's good. But you got to do something with it. Knowledge with action, without action is, is frustration. 
And I say to you also, speaking to Peter, that you are Peter. And on this statement, rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, hell, will not prevail against it. Now, this scripture has been there for over 2,000 years. But the church has misunderstood it. Matter of fact, Jeff, we had an old, old hymn that I grew up with. Hold the fort, for I am coming. Jesus whispers still before your time, wasn't it? Don't lead it because it's, it's theologically incorrect. Jesus didn't. You see, they see this, but their life is so filled with frustrations that what they really want is to be able to come to church on Sunday or any other time, which is fabulous, and somehow take a break from the pressures of the world, which has got its right place. But they, like the disciples, when the whole transfiguration occurred in the New Testament, say, let's just stay here because we really like this. I mean, it's cool in here, isn't it? It's just, there's a fellowship, there's an excitement, there's worship. I can conquer the world as long as I'm with you guys. But it's when we get out. So they began to have a theology that put it into worship because worship moves people. And they sang this, this chorus, hold the fort Stay inside, shut the doors, and don't let anybody in. That's why we've heard this phrase over our years, us for and no more. It's the idea that somehow if we just lock ourselves away, it's the commune mentality. But Jesus never called us to withdraw. He called us to advance. This whole phrase is not a defensive term. It's an offensive term. And he says it's time to storm the gates of hell. In Ephesians chapter 6, we read about the armor of God. And going quickly for time, let's look at it quickly. The belt of truth right here. Breastplate of righteousness, shoes, the covering on your shoes so the spear can't hit your feet, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and my favorite, the sword of the spirit. If you noticed, not one single piece has been designed for their back because a soldier that runs from the fight isn't worth protecting. He called us to move forward. Yes, there are times for retreats. I get it. Jesus said, let's get away. I understand that. But not because we're afraid of the energy, me, but because we come to be refreshed in his spirit. Forward moving church, taking background in our homes, in our communities, in our workplaces, in our cities. The Bible says like this, it's time to tear down the strongholds of the enemy. Musicians come as I begin a long path to close. Number four in your notes, the unstoppable church operates in spiritual authority. Verse 19, and I will give you the key. Say keys. Say keys. Of the kingdom of God. Boy, it just hit me. That'd be a great sermon series. Keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth 
will be loosed in heaven. It's a pretty powerful verse. But let's think about what it means rather than just having an emotional response. I will give you the keys means, I could change that word, Jeff, I give you access to my car. But really, my car is still back in North Carolina. I have Derek's car. So there you go. I give you access to Derek's car. Now here's what you have to understand. Access to the car has a button that opens up the garage. So by giving you access to the car, I also give you access to my, well, not mine, but his. (laughs) (laughs) But with that opportunity comes responsibility. So you can go out there and drive like a crazy guy and be pulled over by one of our dear police officers who are there to help us, and they will stop you. You say, whoa, 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 whoa. I was in church today, and, and Pastor Rick gave me these keys. I have full access. He said, you may have access, but you don't have the right to speed. See? We as Christians, we all want the sword. Because down deep, we all want to take a few people out. <laughs> I learned a long time ago in pastoring, God didn't give me the power to bring down fire from heaven because some of you wouldn't still be here. And if somebody else had that fire, I wouldn't be here. But what is he saying? He's saying, Jeff, I want you to enjoy this. I want it to benefit you, but I want you to begin to operate in a way that helps other people. So we are given this access to the kingdom of God. But then mankind manipulates. That's why you have to put the whole Bible together. He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, he didn't give you access to his kingdom, the sword, to fight against your spouse, your neighbors, your pastor, other. He didn't even give it to you to fight against your enemies. He said, we should love our enemies. That's how we make a difference. And one of the problems is the church began to get some some authority and we destroyed the very use of the authority and we lost everything because he realized he couldn't really trust us. I give you the keys, which means access as long as we operate correctly. Almost done. This little passage is in my spirit, Matthew 8. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion, a what as far as we know, an unbelieving sergeant over 100, you know, a, a bunch of, a soldier. He came to Jesus pleading, Lord, my servant is dying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, well, then I'll come and heal him. And the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. He understands. But only speak a word. And my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. Who say, and I say to them, go, and he goes. Another one, come, and he comes. I say to one, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled. And he said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Authority. You, 
You cannot be in authority until you've learned how to be under authority. Every great leader was first a great follower. And if Celebration Church would catch this, this truth of the access of the keys to the kingdom. Could I propose to Celebration Church today, then rather than going forth with a sword, let's go forth with a basin of water and a towel. And we begin to wash one another's feet. Saying, I know it's been a hard day. I know things are happening that you don't fully understand. But in the name of Jesus, be comforted. In the name of Jesus, take hope. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, strongholds are broken. People are healed. But most importantly, people are set free. Will you bow your heads with me for a moment? In this room, all kinds of us in different places in life, walks of life, and even in our Christian experience. But I have a real understanding in my spirit that a hearing the still voice that there are some of us in this room who are not where we should be with Jesus. We've tried to do things our own way. We've had our own mindset. We've had a little bit of an arrogance. We've had a little bit of misunderstanding. There's any number of reasons why we find ourselves sitting here wanting connection with God and yet struggling. No one else looking around. My eyes are only open to be God's hand, eyes extended to help you connect with him. And I'm wondering if you're here and just by raising your hand, you say, Rick, I need to get my life right with God. I want to move forward in victory. I want to move forward in power. But I realize it begins with me saying, Jesus, forgive me. Right where you are, just raise your hand just for a moment. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. All across this room. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Men and women, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Side by side. This is the time the people of God intercede in a still voice and quietness of saying, God, do the work that only you can do. Rick can't do it. He's not good enough, but you are. Anyone else? This is the moment in the midst of a crazy world. You two can raise, lower your hands. Thank you crazy world have peace come into your life so when you walk out of here you're not moved by the winds you're moved by the spirit father right now I pray for these who 8, 10, 12 who've raised their hand who realize that you are our only hope you're not only the hope of the world you're the hope of my life I'm asking you to speak to them clearly and let them say something to this effect. Father, forgive me for trying to do it myself, for thinking that somehow I was good enough, strong enough, smart enough, and though I have a lot of good gifts that you gave me, I cannot do it without you. Father, forgive me. Give me a new start. Today, I want to be called, I want to call you Lord, in Jesus' name, every eye open, every head look in this direction.
The greatness about what we're talking about today is the church, as you're going to hear about, as you know about in, in the book of Acts, is each one of us. It's not the church, it's us church. And when you and I gather together and become that part that God's called us to be, we can do great things. Would you stand with me as this worship team comes back one more time and we begin to see what only God could do because he is the powerful, almighty, living God. Now, Father, with whatever little authority impact, influence I might have. I pray a blessing over this church, over this pastor, your son and mine, the power of the name of Jesus, the power of the work of the Holy Spirit that is prevalent in this place would break every chain, would withstand every attack that comes its way, and that we will experience the power of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or for the 10th time, please reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.